0: Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Jesus said, You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, You shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. If you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say, you fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court with him, or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife except on the ground of unchastity causes her to commit adultery, and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let your word be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. The Gospel of the Lord. You. And just when you thought it was safe to come back to church. Dr. Prescott, my Western Civilization teacher, was a staunch Roman Catholic, and he had the best retort to this passage, particularly to those who like to claim they interpret the Bible literally. He said, have you ever seen a Christian walking around missing an eye or a hand or a limb, having plucked it out or cut it off? No, but that gets us only so far with this most stringent set of Jesus' teachings. It comes out of his longer discourse that we call the Sermon on the Mount. It began a few weeks ago with the Beatitudes, the Blessed phrases, And last week we were taught about what it means to be salt of the earth And those of you who are here will remember that he said that if salt has lost its saltiness, it isn't good for anything, and it's thrown out and trampled underfoot. And that's kind of what he's talking about today when he uses the word that we translate as hell. It's derived from Gehenna, which was the garbage heap in Jerusalem. He's pointing out what it means to be salt. Salt rather than be worthless. And this is all interpreted through the filter of a late first century Jewish Christian community struggling with its future and its identity after the fall of the temple in Jerusalem and its destruction and the struggle that's going on in greater Judaism for the future of the tradition. So that's all nice... Bible study, Helmer, what are you really going to tell us today? I want to start by going back to Deuteronomy, where Moses says, to paraphrase, I give you life this day. I offer you the choice of life or adversity. Now, for centuries, we as Christians did something very bad. We took the Mosaic Law and we characterized it as mere legalism, and then we inflicted that on our sisters and brothers via anti-Semitism. When, in fact, our Jewish brothers and sisters have the same struggle that we do And that is not to fall into mere legalism with the gift of commandments they have been given. They know it is so much more than that. And this is Moses' point. Moses' point is, what I am giving you is not a mere law, a set of statutes. I am giving you life itself. And it's in a passage in the Torah, the center of the Jewish tradition, where we can imagine the people are at the threshold of the promised land and they are standing there with bated breath, open ears and open hearts, which is a rare thing for them, mind you. And Moses sees his opportunity to point to something that is beyond a mere statutory understanding of the law. These are not mere statutes. This is life itself. Through the law, God is giving them identity, purpose, and relationship. But the ancient Israelites are like we are. They can slide into legalism so fast. And if you remember, their paths in the wilderness have been meandering and wayward. No sooner are they freed from bondage in Egypt that they begin to complain and whine and moan and say, we had it better as slaves than we did out here. And Moses gets exasperated and God gets exasperated. And Moses finally admits, this is a stiff-necked people. And in fact, the lesson to us is not that this is just the ancient Israelites. This is all of us. We are a stiff-necked people. And it is hard for us to get under the skin of either what Moses is saying or what Jesus is telling us in the gospel today. Why? Well, because we live in a society that was just like the one Jesus lived in, and like the one the ancient Israelites inhabited, and that is a society that is built on transaction, a bargain, a deal. Just yesterday, the vestry and I were sitting around the table talking about plans for the new year, and we began to reflect on how many of us grew up in households Or at least in churches that taught us to feel guilty if we didn't show up on Sundays. That didn't happen to any of you, did it? Right? What was the implicit bargain in that? The implicit bargain was you show up, God will bless you. If you don't show up, God won't. That was the deal. Of course, behind that was another deal, which is a deal that religious authorities like me have been playing forever, and that is how can we get people here, and how can we get people to open their pockets, and how can we get people to invest in this community? The deal. The deal. This is a very primitive part of our spirituality. It goes back from before history when our ancient ancestors were offering grain and animals and even each other on altars in order to make a deal with the gods. And Jesus knows this even about the Galilean peasants to whom he is preaching in the gospel today. They're like us. They believe in their heart of hearts, even if they don't want to admit it, that if they're good boys and good girls, God will be good to them. Because that's the deal. That's spiritual legalism in a nutshell. And as Jesus has said earlier in his sermon, your righteousness must exceed that of the religious authorities scary thought, right? But what he means is you have to get beyond this legalism. If you are going to get anywhere at all with this thing I call the kingdom, you have to move beyond mere statutes. In other words, Jesus is saying to them and to us and to people across all the ages, you have to grow up. Because our belief in our heart of hearts that we can craft a deal and that there is a contract, perhaps somewhere in the spiritual ether, that we have signed and God has signed. That whole idea, that whole notion, which is so difficult for us to shake, is actually based on a faulty premise. And that premise is we actually have something to bargain with. It's kind of hard to bargain with a God when God has all of reality at God's disposal. Don't you think? Don't you think? What do you have to give that will match with that? Now, in old Anglicanism, we have a phrase and we use it every Sunday at our 8 o'clock service and every Wednesday at the 10.30 service. When the offerings come forward, we say, All things come of thee, O Lord. And of thine own have we given thee. We don't say, Most things come of thee, O Lord, except for this which I have just pulled out of my wallet and I'm giving it to you. Do you understand? There is no bargain here, there's no deal, there is no transaction. And that is hard for us because we live in a world that is based on contract and transaction, on the notion that we have something to offer, and if we can find somebody who needs what we have to offer, we're in. That's how we reckon everything from property to how we get our jobs, it's even sometimes how we reckon our most intimate relationships. I have something to give to you, and you have something to give to me. The problem is, again, that that's not how God works. And that's not how Jesus is calling us to work. Because that type of transaction always feeds on some level of jealousy. That's what Paul is getting at in his letter today. He's talking about jealousy in the Corinthian community. People who are saying, my teacher, Paul, was better than your teacher, Apollos, so therefore, I've got a leg up on you in the community. Paul is saying, no, no. You all have to grow up. There is something greater afoot here. We all know that the ancient Israelites, for all their sins, did nothing to earn God's esteem or entry into the promised land. And yet, here is Moses telling them that the promise is still valid. We all know in our hearts of hearts that we have done very little to earn the esteem or affection of God, most of our lives have been built on transaction and selfishness. But that's not the point. As somebody sitting in my office the other day said, I have a hard time coming to church sometimes because I don't feel worthy And I laughed, and I told him the story about the priest who was standing outside the sanctuary one morning after worship, and somebody who hardly ever darkened the door of the church came out and said, Father, I am so frustrated. He said, what are you frustrated about? He said, the church is full of hypocrites. And the priest said, well, where else are hypocrites supposed to go? Jesus is calling us to a life in God that is beyond the life of transaction. A life that is rooted in the center of the law, which he raises up. And that life is a life that is built on love, gift, not deal, gift, not bargain, Grace, not transaction. The good news is, all we have to do is open our hearts just a little bit to that. And God promises to take care of the rest. And then, Jesus says, we might have a chance of becoming salt of the earth. a gift to a world that will not understand, but that needs the gift of love, because that is what brings life.